The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Before we get started, I wanted to just share a review I had on actually Instagram. Um, Jennifer from LiveWork Solutions wanted to share, thank you so much. I've been loving your podcast. Was hoping to reach out and let you know this. So glad to learn what a robust, what a robust em- embrace of holistic mental health there is lately. I've loved your guests and have already implemented some of the subject suggestions. There's always more to learn, and I really appreciate your dedication to this platform for sharing the good word. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for reaching out. And I always love to hear from listeners. So if you have an idea for a topic or something you want covered, feel free to message me at chris at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. I would love to hear from you. So back to today's episode. Have you ever wondered how to create the best energy in your office space? Are you curious about feng shui but don't know where to start? I have Susanna Alley here with me today to talk about how to use feng shui in your therapy office. She first became hooked on feng shui from the moment she learned of it in the 90s. She found it enlightening to see how our environments impact our lives and vice versa. Once she began to make feng shui adjustments in her home and saw how it improved her life, there was no going back. Susanna began her formal feng shui training by studying the traditional methods of classical feng shui. After becoming certified, she began to explore the more spiritual approach of BTB, which is Western feng shui. She uses tools from both disciplines, but makes, takes a more modern contemporary approach to, to her consultations. Welcome to the podcast, Susanna. Yeah, thank you for having me, Chris. I'm very excited to be here. This was a topic I've been wanting to do because I always have some consideration when I set up office space. I'm very, very particular because I want to have good energy flow. And I was always interested in feng shui, even weirdly enough, when I was a teenager, even I was reading books about it and trying to do it in my house and figure out all the zones. And so I thought this would be perfect for holistic counselors to look at and therapists to kind of see what would be the best setup. And, you know, especially if you're having people in person, so they feel most comfortable in the space. Yes, definitely. Definitely. There are, there are many things you can do in your office to, to improve the energy. Yeah, but before we get more into this, can you share more about yourself and your work? Sure. So I've been in business now just over three years. But like you said, I, I um, first discovered feng shui over 20 years ago. Um, and then in 2008, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to live in Shanghai, China, um, due to my husband's job. And I found a school for expats that offered a feng shui class so of course I, you know, immediately signed up, loved it. Um, I, when I came home, I went back to my former job, but you know, feng shui just really tugged at me. So I enrolled in school up in New York, and the first weekend I was up there, every morning I'd wake up and just be so excited that I got to go back to the classroom and learn more about feng shui. It just, it just felt like nothing before. 
So um, I received that certification, and that was in classical. And then I went on to train in BTB, which, like you said, was is a has a more spiritual component to it. Can you share what and that then, stands for too? I know we didn't sure. <laughs> get into that yeah. in the uh, introduction. Yes, I, I always mess this up, but it's um, black bat, black tantric. Um, let's see, black sect tantric Buddhist feng shui, um, and and then. Since then, I've, I've trained, um, taken more classical classes, just going deeper and deeper because, you know, feng shui is thousands of years old, so there, there's a lot to learn. Um, and I've taken related classes like biophilic design, which is just um, connecting nature and people in their built spaces and geomancy. Okay, cool. So there's different kinds of feng shui, I guess, what this means, right? And- yes, there's... Um, Classical feng shui is, there are many, many schools within classical feng shui, but it requires a compass reading and it's based on directions versus um, the Western style feng shui. Uh, I think you're familiar with the Bagua map with the, the grid. Yes. Um, so that's always laid on the, the floor plan. It can be laid in a room or a desk, but it's always laid in the same direction. So it's, it's, based on the same Taoist philosophy as classical feng shui. It's just um, a little different. Okay. So what considerations should therapists have with how their offices are laid out? So the first thing I always look at when I do a feng shui consultation is the desk placement. Um, And and I think you mentioned to me that you had moved your desk and and that you really like the way you have it. Yeah. So you want to have your back um, in front of a solid wall and with a clear view of the door, but like the furthest distance, so caddy corner or diagonal. Um, and the reason for this, if you have your desk facing a wall and you're back to a room, it feels very uncomfortable. And it's, you know, I know that when I go to a restaurant and, and I'm sat at a table where my back is to the rest of the restaurant, it's, I don't like it at all. Um, so, so that's one reason. The other reason is when you're doing your work all day and you're staring at a wall. In feng shui, we love metaphors. So, you know, you have, there's no view, there's no vision. There's um, you're up against a wall. So literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> so, um, and if you've been in any corporate office, then you've seen that most most management executives. Um, and certainly the CEO do not sit facing a wall while they do their work because they're in command of the space. Um, the other benefit with turning your desk around is that you're utilizing the space in the middle of the room. So it can open up the wall space and it just creates a nice, nicer flow of energy. So, you know, if you have a situation where you can't turn your desk around and sometimes the way desks are designed, you just can't turn it around. So there are a few things you can do to help make make you feel better. Um, one is to make sure that your, your desk chair has a back to it. You, um, and that gives you some mountain support. You can put something shiny on your, on your desk, or like you can buy one of those little mirrors that people put on, on their rear view mirrors and, and just put that on your desktop or put that behind you. But just, just so that when you're sitting at your desk, you can see the door without having to turn. And then the last thing is to put a, picture on the wall behind you that has some depth of feel like some something that has a pathway going through it or like you know a path through a garden or a country road uh I had somebody tell me that after hearing me talk she went home and she 
took a picture looking out at a garden, but she took it like inside and included, including the window frame so that when she hung it behind her, her desk, it looked like she had a, a little window to look out of, which I just thought was like fantastic. Yeah, um, no, that's great. Yeah. What about looking out the window? Like my desk is partially looking out the window so I can see a tree and other nature. Yes, that is ideal. So when you, you know, if you can have your desk perpendicular to a window, because that gives you that, that natural light, um, which, you know, which helps keep it, helps to keep the circadian rhythms in sync, which helps with um, sleeping better at night and staying alert throughout the day. And it also gives you that view of nature, which is also very important. And I'm thinking set up for therapists in particular, if, if they have a chair or couch, is there any ideas you have about the best setup for that, for facing the client or sitting kitty corner? Any thoughts um, with feng shui? Yeah, they definitely want to be in the power position. So they want to be in the position where they can see the door um, and and that they have a wall behind them because they're the person in charge. You know, they're, they're the one leading the session. So um, that would be my recommendation. I've also heard too that, and this is not feng shui, but, but being, being, so you're not blocked in by a client too. So for safety reasons that really being cautious of how you set up your office and if you yes, see people I, in person, you know. Yes, I would definitely think that would be advisable. <laughs> and what about like a coffee table or do you think that with energy flow, is it better not to have something between you and the person you're working with? Um, I think it would be okay if there was a space for it, but I would recommend a round, something round. Because, round, okay. Yeah, because then it's, you know, it's just a gentler flow of energy around it. And there's, when you have sharp corners, we call that sha chi, which is kind of like attacking chi. So if you're sitting in a position where a corner is pointing to you, that, that feels uncomfortable. Um, so with a round table, it kind of, it, it softens the, the feel. Okay. So I know I, we mentioned the nature as far as looking out a window. Is there other ways that nature could be brought in the office space that would help? Oh, yes. Um, this is my thing. That's um, your thing. <laughs> yeah. I love, Excellent. I love, yeah, it's very important. So one thing I always recommend in offices is having a plant or two. And the reason for this goes back to one of the, the fundamental principles or um, theories of feng shui. It's actually of all of Chinese metaphysics, but that is the five element theory. So I usually use seasons when I'm describing the ele elements. Um, so when you think of spring, the, the plants are coming up through the ground, they're, they're expanding and growing, the birds are coming back, trees are blooming, you, you know, people, it's warmer outside, the so people are outside, and just the whole world is waking up and the energy is rising and expanding. So that is the energy of the wood element. And in feng shui, when we want to add um, that kind of energy to a room, we use, you know, things. So we use things that represent that element. So we use a plant because a plant is actually, that's what a plant's doing. It's rising and growing. And, you know, I, I feel like I always tell people, if you have a room without a plant or, or vice versa, you know, put one in or take one out and, and just see how the room changes because I think that kind of helps tune into the energy of a space. Uh, and I think it's a very noticeable difference um, because that's you're true. living. So yeah. that would be a good experiment just to see what it feels like. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's a famous study that NASA conducted. Um, so my understanding is they needed to find ways to clear the toxins from the space station. So they, they used various plants. And if you just Google like NASA clean air study or NASA and plants, you can get a whole list of common house plants with that take various lighting conditions um, that you can add to your office. Because, you know, there's a lot with all the electronics and, and furniture, there is a lot of, of environmental toxins in offices. So overall, good for wellness to have the plants. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. So you said the five elements. So that was the wood element. So what are the other ones? Right. So so the when um, fire is the element that is related to summer. So it's that fully expanded energy. You know, you're out with friends. There's lots of fruit and vegetables. It's bountiful. So it's the it's the most young of all the, the elements. Earth is a little trickier. Um, it's it's kind of transitional. So it's, it transitions. It in the five elements, it sits between fire and metal, but it transitions between the the yang and the yin and the yin and the yang. Um, and it's very when you add earth elements to a room, it's very grounding. And then metal is the energy of autumn. So think about trees dropping their leaves to conserve energy. Um, so metal is just about like pulling the energy in. And then the water in the five elements is the most yin. So it's sort of like water that's underneath the lake that's still very, very quiet, like winter. So everything appears to be dead, but it, it's not. It's just dormant. So it's, it's that stillness. Um, in feng shui, when we add water, like we, if you were to add a fountain, that's, that's young water. So that's something different. Um, that's more like to bring in money and prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a, a good thing to add to is, is to have some kind of fountain? Sure. Yeah. Cause you know, fountains are, that moving water is also, it emits negative ions. So it, it cleans the air. So that's another benefit for having a water fountain. True. And I'm guessing fire, would it be like if you light a candle? Yeah, except that you can't safely keep a candle lit all the time. <laughs> all the time, so, right. Yeah. In some offices, you can't do that. So, Yeah, so to add the fire element, you can use like you can use like Christmas lights or something like that. Himalayan salt lamps are an excellent choice because that's excellent. something you can leave on all the time. And it also seems there. Um, and then just, just even a few red objects. And you don't need a lot. Um, to add the fire element and most of the time color isn't like the primary way of adding an element but with fire that's the exception just because it's so bright and so stimulating yeah oh and sorry and then earth elements are like grounding um so yeah um so you can add like uh crystals or anything like pottery anything made out of earth um and then metal of course metal anything made out of metal. Yeah, because I was just thinking that as you were talking about crystals, if that would be helpful. And and I think, too, from what I've heard, that wearing crystals is helpful for therapists because we deal with a lot of heavy energy oh, with sure. clients or holding one in your hand, you know, yeah. or having them around your office is helpful. Oh, definitely. I would definitely recommend having them in your office. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're beautiful, too. So that's yeah. nice. Do you um, think essential oils would that count as yeah earth kind as, of or as uh no I would count that well I guess um I mean I guess technically you could count it as water and but really I would just have that 
just for the point of having it. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. 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 I think that essential oils are amazing because they can, you know, you can use different oils to bring different, you know, if you want to be more alert or you want it to be more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. And then for in-person office, I know that I would have a diffuser and sometimes I would think about who am I seeing today? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they could use some grounding or maybe, you know, I'm seeing more depressed people and yeah. use some, some tangerine or wild orange. And Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I can use that as well. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are interested in a lot of these holistic practices as well. So mm-hmm. it's always helpful. The other thing I was going to ask you about art. So does art matter what you put oh, in yeah. your office? Yeah. Yeah. So behind you, of course, you know, these days, if you're, if you're doing Zoom calls or, or, you know, telehealth, um, you want to be mindful of what you have in your background. Um, we usually recommend something strong and supportive, like a mountain, just to add that extra mountain energy. And then, of course, in front of you is what you're looking at all day. So you want to be careful. Um, you want to be careful to make sure you don't have any negative associations. Like say you have like the most beautiful picture, but your mean grandmother gave it to you and she always told you, you would never amount to anything. Oh God. And <laughs> I know, that would be horrible. So you don't want that reminder. And then also you don't want you want to be careful about what the image is. So if it's an image of sinking ships or like stormy seas, that's, that's struggle and, and failure and, and, you know, it's not very encouraging. So um, a lot of people like to have inspirational messages. That's that's great. Um, you can have um, a vision board, which is kind of like a curated that's a good inspirational idea. message. Yeah. yeah, so that's great. And then anything that you find beautiful that lifts you. And then you can even use art as an inspirational message. So if you've always wanted to live and work in Paris, then hang a picture of Paris as kind Ooh, of a reminder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you can play with it. So I think just being cautious of what you're choosing in your space. And then I'm thinking yeah. for telehealth too, because a lot of us are in telehealth, what you have behind you matters. Right. That's important so, too. Yeah. So nothing too distracting, um, but... But, uh, you know, traditionally we say something stable, but also, again, something that's visually pretty. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking trees are probably good, too. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And some people like to, to you know, make a sign out of their logo. And that's a nice, you know, way of branding. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I think you mentioned before we hit record, too, about being careful not to have too much clutter yeah. Can you so, talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So if you have a lot of clutter on your surfaces, on your desk, on your your bookshelves, you know, around you, it, it's a lot of visually to take in. So you want to make sure you know you have a nice even balance. If you don't have anything that's also very stressful, so you want to kind of find that sweet spot. Um, you also want to be careful about the clutter in your closets and drawers, because even if you have the most immaculate office, if everything's thrown into the, the closet, um, then you want to, you know, if the energy still not flowing. And then um, what's behind you, especially if you're seeing patients in your office, you know, if you have like a overstuffed bookshelf and it has books every which way, and that's what the person is looking at while they're talking to you, that's a lot to take in. And then feng shui, we say like, you know, overstuffed bookshelves leave no room for new knowledge. 
Ooh, and something, that's deep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, something wow. else to keep in mind is if you're um, if you're taking on new patients and you're ready to to have some new patients, make sure your drawers are not overstuffed. You want to have room in your file cabinets for for your patient file. So if it's very full in there, like you know, archive out some that are are no longer open cases, and then maybe put some empty folders in. So making space for the new in some way. Yes, exactly. It's a way of sort of manifesting. Oh, okay. I've not really heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah. I think how can you do that? And and I think, well, a lot of us too have electronic health records now as oh. well. But, <laughs> but, but if you're not going through your caseload and putting people inactive – yeah. That are yet you're not seeing anymore because that that's something that is case management we ought to manage too. If somebody hasn't come in in a long time and you just leave it all open, I think you're not leaving space for the new one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, um, and then oh, I appreciate you um, saying that because I think that's that's really symbolic, isn't it? Yeah, and I do like to tell people like you know, so if you really hate decluttering, then. Well, there, there's many ways you can declutter. You can do it all at once, like Marie Kondo, which is, you know, amazing, but it, it takes a lot of time and effort. Or you can just do like, you know, just take on a little bit at a time. I always tell people to like, you know, download an audio book or, or your favorite podcast. There and you like, yeah, like this one. And, um, <laughs> and only listen to it while you're doing your decluttering as a way of kind of like, you know, treating yourself. Um, and then, you know, have, have compassion for yourself too. Cause I feel like there's a lot of shame around having clutter and we live in a society where it's incredibly easy to buy things. And, you know, once you buy something, it's, it can be difficult to give it away. So true. Yeah. And I think too, a consideration for people that have smaller office spaces, I know mine is not huge at home, so it's just being mindful. I think it's setting that intention of how can I be creative with my space and what needs to, do I need to let go of my office? Because when I first moved in here, I was like, I had too much stuff mm-hmm. and things that didn't yeah. belong. And it's like, do I need this? Do I really need this in this space? Or can I put it in another room? And that right. kind of frees it up too. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So they the, what people usually say is like, do you love it? Do you need it? Do you use it? Um, and then you can even add in the office to that, yes. that because, you know, you can keep things elsewhere. And I like to, you know, if you have limited shelf, bookshelf space, then maybe um, just have books that represent where you are now and where you want to go and not things that you did 20 years ago. Um, so try to keep it current and moving forward. I didn't think of that either. Yeah. So books, so of thing where you are now and where you want to go. Right. Oh, okay. I got to do some clearing out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. When you've been in this field a long time, guess what happens? You accumulate yeah. a lot of stuff. And that's yeah. why I'm thinking now is um, I'm clearing out my in-person office and going all telehealth. I'm like, hmm, now is the time, right? To <laughs> yeah, because you're going to double your, your things. Yeah, to really look at what is it. And I think that a lot of listeners probably, you know, it's a good time always to start decluttering so that you feel better too in your space. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you can always like put things away and just swap them out from time to time. I think it's a good way of kind of marking the seasons. And I read once that that is a, is a nice way of slowing down time oh. when you put different things out for different seasons. 
slowing um, down time. Yeah, we need right that. because yeah, you have an association with when it changes. That's a good idea. Yeah, and for I'm thinking for the for people's regular houses too, not just office. Yeah, definitely. So, what are your thoughts on how therapists could do to keep their spaces clear of heavy energy? Um, so, definitely a space clearing. So, um, space clearing, a great time to space clear is after decluttering, after, you know, an illness, when you move into a new space, but um, especially after a major emotional event. So, people who are seeing clients or patients in, in person, that is something they probably want to do a little more often too, because, you know, just like we accumulate dust and, and physical, um, we Dirt. need to physically clean. <laughs> Thank you. Crumbs. <laughs> um, we, yeah. we also, you know, the energy needs to be cleared from time to time. So there are a couple ways you can do this. You can, you can smudge, which is the most popular. And that is as burning a bundle of sage. And it is, it's very effective. Um, sage also emits negative ions, so it really cleans the air, but it is a very strong smell. So especially if you're seeing patients in person, it might be a little much for some people. Um, the other thing you can use is it's called Palo Santo. It's a That's my wood. favorite. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, it's a wood that comes from South America and it's got a very high resin content, but it's a very nice, like much more gentler smell. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, so both of both of those are good, and you just want to you want to burn the smoke and and just go around the room. I usually go in a clockwise direction, making sure I get into the corners and the yes. the closets, the cabinets, because you know you can't walk into those. I mean, so we're not moving when we move around the space. We're moving the energy, and the corners tend to be very stagnant. Um, the other thing you can use is sound, and I sound, I find sound very effective. Um, you want to make sure you open up a window. But in both cases, in both scent and sound. Um, but you can use, I use king shaws, which are kind of like flattened bells, and they're attached with a strap. And when I, I hit them together, and it's really loud, and it really vibrates. And that, that's the whole point of using sound, is it creates this vibration, and it moves everything. So some people like to use singing bowls, or crystal bowls, or drums. Some people like to chant. Um, and you can just clap. If nothing else, you can always just like clap, just go into the corners and clap a few times just to create vibration. So there's so many different ways with sound. That's awesome. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize chanting was one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything that creates anything. Any you sound. could just hit pots and pans if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you would, but. Get your frustration out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. That's really interesting. I love it. How often should you do that though? Is it just in those major events or? Um, you know, if in my home, I probably should do it much more often than I do. I usually do it like every couple of months. Okay. Um, but, and I think that's plenty. Um, but if I were seeing patients, especially if, if, you know, it depends on the patients, but if there's a lot of emotion, um, I would want to do that maybe weekly. Um, yeah. just something very quick because, you know, offices aren't that big. So, you know, it's not right. a big ordeal. And if you aren't able to burn things in your office, sometimes just, I have different sprays I use. You can get like a sage spray or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's nice too. Essential But you can oils. always do sound. Yeah. Sound too. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways. 
So what is a holistic strategy or technique that you use as part of your daily practice? I try to meditate every day. It doesn't always happen, but when it does happen, it just makes a big difference. So, um, yeah, I do that. And I also, I, I've, um, I've been trained in Reiki just, just for personal use. Yeah. And I, I do that from time to time. And then I practice Qigong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. What's a takeaway you could share today that could help listeners that are just starting their holistic journey? Um, so one thing uh, one of my teachers used to say to us is to use your feng shui eyes. So one way you can do this is you can stand in the doorway of, you know, say your office, since that's what we're talking about today. Um, close your eyes and kind of take a few breaths and then open them and see, like, where does your attention go? And sometimes that really, you know, we don't always see what's around us. Um, so you might not notice that big pile of papers that's been sitting there for a month. Um, and then the... Other thing you can do is to take pictures and because I find that I don't see things around me. And then as soon as I take a picture of a room, I'm like, oh, you know, that looks terrible. So, um, yeah, I think that's really helpful. That's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. So what's the best way for our listeners to find you and learn more about you? Um, so my website is healinghomesfengshui.com. My email is um, healinghomesfengshui at gmail.com. And I do have a somewhat active Instagram account, um, which is also healinghomesfengshui. I'm very consistent. So, um, <laughs> exactly. yeah. And we'll put all and those in the show notes at holisticcounselingpodcast.com too. Okay, great. So people can reach out to you. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Susanna. Oh, thank you for having me. I always love to talk about feng shui. So this is great. Awesome. And you've reached the end of another episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com to access our show notes and all our episodes. Did you love this episode? Don't forget to rate and review wherever your podcatcher is. And again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening and supporting the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you are loving this podcast, please share with your colleagues so we can continue to grow our holistic community. Also, are you ready to take the next step to create an integrative counseling practice? I invite you to sign up for my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your dream practice. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com Scroll down and enter your name and email address today. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.